Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley D. Maria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the week of December 19th, the fourth Sunday in Advent, as we light the last purple candle representing gifts. There's a lot going on in our house. We celebrated a birthday as we prepare for the birth of Christ and enjoyed what we call in our house forced family fun. Anne, how are you? Oh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm totally curious because one of the, like, what's the word, devices or something we use for teaching is forced choice. So, um, you know, when you force a, an answer from a student, now we've brought into forced family fun. We're going to talk about um, college acceptances, um, as we did last week, maybe a little bit about Christmas movies. Um, I'd like to share a couple of thoughts from my um, holiday party or Christmas party from my faculty and this idea of the players coach. And um, I love the nativity, right, is in Luke's gospel and in Matthew's. So I love it from Luke's gospel. And I know you want to ask a question about Jesus's name. So um, let's begin, Haley. Tell me about F cubed. Forced family fun. <laughs> Forced family fun. Mm-hmm. So that, um, it actually stems from a term that they use at the at the Naval Academy. So a lot of our midshipmen will talk about there they have mandatory fun. And it's events and activities that they plan for the midshipmen, whether they are fun or not, they are, you know, they are mandatory. Um, and so it, it's sort of a derivative of that. Um, in our house, we call it forced family fun. And I've got a true confession that um, my kids are going to find out if they listen to this podcast, so they'll (laughs) get a little bonus if they do. So over Thanksgiving break, um, my older son James was home in Annapolis, but he was never really home at the house. He was visiting friends. He was visiting a girlfriend. He was just not physically here, which was fine. I totally get it. He's almost 20 years old. You know, we are moving down on the totem pole in terms of importance in his life. You know, Aww. friends are really important. I get yeah. it. That's exactly okay. how I was in college. Okay. Um, so I understand that. But, you know, it would be nice to see him and spend time with him. So yeah. I came up with this idea that I was going to plan all of these family events for us to do over Christmas break so that he would have to spend time with us. So I bought tickets to this um, Christmas movie show that I can talk about. We got tickets to the Ravens game to go as a family. Um, so I, it was the the Ravens game was not necessarily forced family fun. Um, no, that sounds like the Christmas yeah. movie might have been, but basically forced family fun are activities that mom and dad plan that the kids have to participate in. And, you know, we kind of make them have fun with us. Um, So I did that, and I have seen a lot of both of my boys um, over the past few days, which, you know, makes a mom's heart happy. Um, There's not a whole lot of guilt that I feel, because I feel like the next few days they'll have time with their friends, you know, that perhaps they haven't had. Um, But we had a great time. The Ravens game was very exciting. Ravens lost, which was not exciting, but it was, um, those are always fun family events for us. Um, The Christmas movie show was not what we expected. Um, So the Gaylord Hotels have what they call an ice show. And it is a show, it actually is not a show, it's a display that you walk through 
that is 100% made of ice. And it wow. is in a convention center and it is life-size scenes and pictures. And then they have a massive life-size nativity at the end, full stable animals, holy family, all made of ice. Wow. Uh, and it's really cool. So I Googled when I was looking up, you know, forced family fun activities, Gaylord Ice Show, and up popped five Christmas movies. And I thought, well, this is amazing. You know, it's scenes from five different Christmas movies all made out of ice. So we go, and of course, it's not the ice show. It's just scenes from five Christmas movies, which, you know, when you have that expectation, it's a little bit of, you know, wah, wah. But it was very yeah. fun. It was a fun... Um, it just, you know, I love Christmas movies. It was the Polar Express. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see, the Polar Express, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Elf, A Year Without Santa Claus, which I probably have seen, but I don't remember having oh, seen yeah. it. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then A Christmas Story. So all movies okay. we've all okay. seen. Yes. Um, yes. And you're basically walking through the sets and um, there's cool. little demonstrations that go on. It was very, it was very cool. Um, yeah. I don't know if my kids loved it as much as I did, but we came, yeah. we came home, we watched a Christmas, um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, yeah. My boys hadn't seen that in a long time. And uh, so it was a nice evening, but uh, a little bit of that okay. forced family fun. Well, um, the the mandatory fun that totally does not surprise me from the Naval Academy. That sounds like so, you know, programmed and whatnot. Um, I teach a little bit about fun in sports and spirituality because part of like we make a distinction between pleasure and um, like enjoyment. And the idea is that pleasure can be like ice cream or a stiff drink, whereas enjoyment kind of stretches you a little bit, you know, like there's a little bit of effort. And and I always think one of the outcomes of like something like a hard run, like say you're in cross country and you've had a hard run, but it's a beautiful day and you feel good, is at the end of the run, you'll say, that was fun. And you are the arbiter of what is fun. So I always think it's funny when people say mandatory fun because you cannot ultimately control it um, but the, the intent is there. So I like that, but I just like the fact that as a family, you're trying to do something together. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can't speak to this. I should ask my students, you know, how often do we do things as a family? Like for example, um, well, they were, there was a study at the, where I went to high school, the boys contingent of it did a study on how often the students are having dinner with their family. And they found a correlation between, happiness, you know, and like good mental health and having dinner as a family. It's not that difficult to figure out, right? But sharing a meal is the most basic thing we do as a family. Um, and I wanted, I don't want to discredit that because my, I think that's important and I'm glad my family does it, but I think it's great that you, you know, go and do something and, and see what's out there. And if it flops, it flops, but if it's fun, it's fun. I mean, that's great. Well, and sometimes the sometimes the flops give you the best stories that you tell exactly. for years and exactly. years. And and here's what I'll say: my kids, I'm very fortunate because I, I think, they're either good actors or they really do enjoy spending time with us. But we just need to even give them that opportunity 
to do so. Um, so even if it's something like asking them like, hey, let's play a card game. You know, we played cards one night, um, which we love to do. We're big game players as opposed yeah. to, you know, just sitting on the couch or mom's right folding laundry right. and dad's, right? If there's nothing going on, of course they're going to go find something to do. So yeah. in some ways right. it's just providing that opportunity for us to be together as a family and, and making the effort to do so. And it doesn't have to be a huge effort, like buying tickets to a game or a show. It really can be, yeah. let's play a game at home. Yeah, that's great. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> cool. Well, um, yeah, you know, speaking of fun, um, maybe part of it was fun because I, I just went in with literally no expectations. Um, so my faculty, I'm, I'm, you know, the school I teach at is very, it's a big school. And, you know, there are days I could, you could never see faculty members. I, I think we have over 200 people that work at the school. Everyone's invited. Everyone can bring a guest. It's amazing to me how many people do bring a guest um, or, you know, their spouse or whoever obviously would be an important person. They're plus one, um, but it's open. And especially out of this whole pandemic, you know, we didn't have one last year and you don't know where people are at with things. And we had at this very nondescript hotel. Okay. And it's like in this area, Sunnyvale, California, I'm telling you personality zero. Okay. There's nothing like there's no, I mean, you, it's like, I don't want to say it's strip mall land, but there's just not much character or like a unique. And this hotel was like equally just like boring. You walk in, they had a charcuterie um, uh, plate, which I personally love. So, I mean, as long as you have that, we're good to go. And I could talk about charcuterie for probably a very long time, Haley, but I won't. Um, I'll, I'll keep my focus on this. And then we had dinner and it was a buffet and... Um, you know, I liked the people I was sitting with and enough, but I just, I was kind of like, I'm here or whatever. And then we, one of my faculty members is a DJ. So he was the DJ on the night and there's a group of teachers that plan it. And I, I'm like, do they get a stipend for doing this? Cause it's a lot of work, but they love it. And they're dressed up and they bring the, brought their husbands and everything. And the DJ said, okay, well, we're going to transition now to the dance part of the night. And we have a faculty member that got married and didn't get to have their first dance. So tonight we're going to have their first dance. So, cause they got married justice of the peace like a week ago. So middle of the dance floor for the whole faculty. I don't know if it was her nightmare or not, but it was so awesome because people were cheering for them. And then a couple of couples joined them on the dance floor at a certain point, the song gets a little long. Right. And it was my coworker, Marco and his wife and, um he's the chair of my department and then they started playing like dance music and marco stayed out there with julie his wife and he was like really dancing and he's a good dancer and he was so spirited and he was like come on you guys like and you're waiting to get people out on the dance floor right and it and people aren't necessarily going and finally like one of their co-worker got out there with her husband and marco was still like doing his thing i mean i'm gonna give him all the credit in the world and he's good and then everybody like floodgate so everybody gets on there and it was so much fun and one of my good friends at work mary um has a disability and she has a walker and so she you know we were with her and she's you know rocking out and then she's like and i really just want to get rid of my walker and so i said okay all right tell me what to do so she's like i'm just gonna need to hold on to you so she was holding my hand and then my, my co-worker and friend bianca's hand and i'm telling you it was so much fun like i i had no expectation for any of that so um pretty cool like i think about like 
eternal life like you know kind of like that like where there's room for everybody on the dance floor and she was just uninhibited and having a great time so it was it was really fun so you know what i love about that and that is your work version of forced family fun that was like forced work <laughs> fun right it's the holiday christmas party you feel like yeah, you have yeah. to go i i know i know right and i didn't want to say no yeah. but look at the joy that you got from it when you opened your mind and your heart yeah. to going and just yeah. um letting it take its course that's awesome and think of the yeah. joy mary got from it right had you not right. been there she, no, she might not have felt comfortable asking someone else or saying yeah. that to someone else. Yeah. yeah. So it was pretty special. And I'm telling you, my love and respect for Marco is like off the roof right now. I mean, I just think he just got us all started. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. So, That's so yeah, great. so I'll go back and I don't know if I'll have the same expectations, but you know, you can't, it's hard to have like those, you, you know, you say no expectations, but it's not, you, we often do. Right. And and then when we don't, it's kind of a neat surprise. So, um, but a fun way to start it. So, right. Cause um, what we don't have, it's not that we have no expectations. We actually have low expectations or, neg I, or negative expectations. Um, yeah. And we should approach so, everything with an open heart. Yeah. So speaking of like low or high expectations, you know, winter starts tomorrow. I looked it up. It's the 21st. I feel like that changes, Haley, sometimes, 22nd and 21st. So tomorrow's the shortest day of the year, and I'm always like, let's do this. Let's get it over with. Bring on the sun, right? So wow. every day will get longer after tomorrow. I need it back. It's just so short these days. Yeah. It, yes, it is. It's, um, you know, it's interesting. One of my uh, younger son's good friends is a year older than him, so he just finished his first semester in college. And he is at um, one of the service academies. So he is up early for training, goes into the buildings all day for classes, comes out of the buildings in the afternoon for formation or dinner or whatever his schedule exactly is. And they, he said that at this point he is not seeing the sun because it's not up yet when he gets up in the morning. And by the time he gets out of class in the afternoon around 4.35 o'clock, it's dark. Mm -hmm. And I That's, thought that yeah. just can't be good for anybody. Um, so I know he in particular is looking forward to going yeah. back uh, and slowly having the days get a little bit longer. Um, it is interesting that the darkest day of the year comes so close to, um, you know, really this light that is born. Um, I've never yeah. really thought of it that way, but yes, the winter solstice is upon us. Yeah. Well, I think that, I do think that was intentional. I think there's some pagan piece, right? That, yeah, I don't, yeah, there, there's definitely something about it, like that Christmas is, but you know, it's only Northern Hemisphere, but that was intentional about, I think, faith formation stuff. Yes, and that would be a good takeaway for us, actually, is to, yeah, to look into that. that. Right, because I, I do, right. you know, like with all Christian, all good Christian holidays have pagan roots. Um, yes. And I'm pretty sure you're right that this does yeah. as well. Right. So um, speaking of questions and takeaways, um, as we move into our spiritual stew, talk to me about your question. Yeah. So it's interesting. I So I've been reading the Gospels from this week, certainly listening to them in Mass, you know, doing our own Advent readings at home. 
And um, there in the in Matthew's gospel um, this week, well, in, in all the gospels really, or many of them, you hear the call where, you know, Mary and Joseph are told that they're going to have a child. And, you know, it says, and you shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Um, so, of course, I love that name. Um, you know, Emmanuel, God is with us. I mean, what could be more, what could be better than having God with us? You know, that's, it's all very cool. It's the part of the Hail Mary that I love the most where, you know, it says, you know, the Lord is with thee. Well, yes, Mm. the Lord is with thee. That's amazing. Um, So I I love those words in particular. So I, I really appreciate the name Emmanuel, you know, God is with us. But then two lines later in in Matthew's gospel, it says, you know, Mary's baby is born and Joseph named him Jesus. Okay, well, God, the, the angel just told you to name him Emmanuel. Why would you name him yeah, Jesus? Right. And I actually have never noticed that before. That yeah. those yeah. two those two words, very powerful yeah. names, yes. um, are are listened to. And Mary and Joseph are so obedient. Um, you know, it's it's one of the most remarkable things I think about them is they are so accepting of this fate, fate's probably not a good word, but this path that that God has chosen them, right? God has chosen them and they really take that to heart and they listen and they follow and they do everything he says, except for they say, you shall call him Emmanuel and they name him Jesus. (laughs) Yes. How come nobody has ever answered that question? So So, why didn't they name him Emmanuel? So then I started looking up, what does actually Jesus mean? If Emmanuel is God is with us, yeah, what does Joshua, Jesus mean? Joshua. So it's there's a lo- there's several dis- different interpretations and versions as you can imagine. Um, there a lot of it goes back to Yahweh and um, kind of a version of that. But really, the most common definition that I found was some sort of form of the Lord is salvation. So God, Yahweh is your salvation. The Lord is salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which then I thought was really interesting because, of course, Emmanuel is God is with us. I yeah. could see that as being a very Old Testament version of God, right? God is with us. That, that, that is God. He is present. He is sort of you yeah. know, omnipresent. He's always with us. And, you know, Jesus, you know, in sort of that loose form, meaning the Lord is salvation. That is who Jesus is. He is here for our salvation. Now, were Mary and Joseph that knowledgeable? Probably in terms of forward thinking that, you know, Jesus was here for our salvation. Um, But I've, I just, I thought it was fascinating that, you know, Mary who listens and takes to heart everything that God and Gabriel are telling her did not name her son what she was told to name him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so two thoughts. Yeah, my recollection is it has to do with Joshua. Like Yeshua would be kind of like the Hebrew way of saying it, which is sort of like, because you would never name somebody Yahweh or say the word, right? Because it's Yahweh is so sacred, it's not even written out. So my understanding was that Yeshua or Joshua is kind of like a human name related to that which means what you're saying god's salvation okay. or deliverance. so and the house of joshua right it's kind of like this lineage but i am always intrigued i think you have essentially named a lacuna you know that word like i when it's used it's so good lacuna is like a gap 
where there's something that's left, you know, unanswered or unsaid. And I, I feel like that's what this is. You're right. Like there's X and Y, but what is, we, you know, the, there's here's Z, where's the Y type of thing. And I was thinking recently about a lacuna because in Jesuit education, the former superior general talked about men and women for others. But if you're in any Jesuit school now, it's not men and women for others. It's for and with. But mm. the lacuna is, well, then who, I can't find anywhere, who's the person or like at what point did they decide to go add the with, right? I mean, it's just understood now that that's what it is. But in writing, it's for others, right? And in the experience of everybody, it's for and with. But I don't know. So it's like, again, another lacuna. It's interesting. So close the gap for us, please. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say to that. Yeah. Yeah. Close the gap on how we got from Emmanuel to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And why didn't Mary listen? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Remember the basketball player Manu Ginobili? You know, his real name is Emmanuel. Or, I mean, Manuel, I think. But which is Emmanuel. Right. Yes. So... Many people have this name, Emmanuel, Manuel. And, and, you know, Jesus, Jesus as well. I think that's yeah, actually that's the true. most popular name in the world, or at least it was at right. some point. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for the takeaway there. Yeah. We'll, we'll do some homework. Um, you're a good teacher, giving us things to think about. Um, my um, piece for the, my meat for the stew is also from Luke's Gospel, and, you know, I just think it's so beautiful where you know, the visitation, basically Mary, you know, goes in haste to this hill country, obviously, because she's pregnant, she probably has to leave, right? And she's there with her to see her cousin who welcomes her and is also a child. And, you know, she cries out in this large, you know, in a loud voice, who am I that the mother of my Lord should, you know, come visit me? And at that moment, the baby leapt in her womb, right? And I... I have been, and I don't remember where, but like, I've been told that, that, you know, that's John the Baptist essentially who's in her womb and that he was the first to be removed of original sin. And somebody was saying like, in that moment, he was, he was removed of his original sin because he recognized Jesus as Lord. And I remember I told Father John Jenkins the story and he, he was like, totally entertained, like in a very sweet way. And he was just like, you two, it was me and a friend were talking about this. And he's like, you two are like theologians or something debating, you know, this, I mean, it's just part of the story, you know, part of the scripture, but it's kind of, an, I don't know how it went from, you know, left in her womb, which babies do leap in mother's wombs, obviously. And like, it's then you no know, longer as an original sin, but Go John the Baptist, way to recognize Jesus, your cousin, <laughs> Lord. So I love that. And then, you know, after that is the um, the Canticle of Mary, which is the Magnificat, right? It's just so beautiful. And, you know, the, the last line, the bridge between um, Mary's visit and the Canticle is, blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And it just, it's speaking of Mary's faithfulness. Like she believed um that what was promised to her would be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And really she's our role model, right? Like yeah, that, what a great passage to just pray with, you know, and have faith and believe, right? That it, the word will be fulfilled. Yes, you know, and, and acceptance. Um, 
It's yeah, Father, Father John Jenkins, who you just mentioned, um, he gave a homily once about Mary and it just, it's really stuck with me for a long time. It was years ago now at this point, probably six, seven years ago. And he's talking about Mary and how she, she just accepted her situation, you know, who she was, what she was called to do. It was hard. It, it, it was not, um, mainstream. It was shameful. There's so much going on in her life. And yet she truly lived with acceptance and, and he was referencing, you know, so many of us live, you know, with hardships and, um, you know, that could be considered shameful or certainly not easy. Um, and you know, that really that's, you know, where we can look to Mary and, and just have that true acceptance of challenges that God has given us that none of us really would have ever wanted. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure Mary wouldn't have chosen this, although she probably would have because she was so holy. Um, but it's, it, I, I think about that in terms of, you know, when we're going through really listening what Mary's being called to do at this time. Um, she just was, she truly just accepted her role that she was supposed to play and never questioned it. Um, it's pretty remarkable, especially for so many of us who wonder why uh, at times, yeah. or, you know, just question the the path and the some of the situations we experience in life. Mary did not, and what, you're right, what a role model she is in every single way. Yeah, yeah. And that, that can be our path to holiness, um, you know, in accepting these, you know, crosses, right, is our, our salvation, but it's, it's hard. I mean, some of these crosses for people are too, too big, you know, um, if you don't, and I guess what I'm trying to say is for those who can't or don't, I just, you know, that's where community, family, and, you know, support is essential, but, you know, you the empathetic side of me is like some people just have heavy crosses to bear. No and, doubt. Yeah. Um, well, so we all we, we all do at different times in our lives. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, thank God for role models. You well, know, and, and and you know what right. a great reminder for us as we move through this week. You know, it is Christmas week. Fourth Advent Sunday is is here and gone, um, and we are getting closer to the holiday. Um, It is hectic for many people. There's a lot going on. Of course, Fourth Advent Sunday is gifts. Um, You know, most of us think of gifts as tangible things. Really the most important gifts are ones that can't be bought or wrapped, Um, but really the true gifts that, that God has given us, the ultimate gift he's given us in the birth of his son that's coming. Um, But it's also a reminder, you know, when we talk about crosses and hardships, again, you know, this is a really, really tough time for a lot of people. Um, You know, these last almost two years now have been extraordinary. Uh, There's been a lot of pain and suffering that's taken place, and the holidays really magnify that for many people. Um, So there are a lot of heavy crosses out there, and they may not find the joy that we find and they may not be buying and purchasing the gifts that you know many of us are able to to purchase and wrap and give um so i think that's i I think that's where our hearts need to be right now is not so much being stressed about things that we can't you know control or um kind of the details of life but really understanding the true gift that we have is 
is God's grace and his forgiveness and his son and, um, you know, praying for those, praying for Thanksgiving for those gifts, but also praying for those who maybe aren't able to see those important gifts right now. Yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're right. I think about the gift of health, you know, physical health, mental health. Um, you know, I mean, you've definitely you've lived with physical pain, right? Anyone who's, you know, able to live really pain-free, right? That's a miracle. Or I think about, you know, so this morning I was able to read and the gift of reading, just the ability to read and to nourish our minds, right? Um, that's part of it. I've been thinking this week about the gift of siblings. Um, you know, I was talking at our blessing event season athletes about winter sports being the middle child and um, of sports. And, you know, sometimes middle children feel like they get overlooked, but really we're the most well-adjusted and you know, <laughs> we're the best and we have our own style. And I talked about that as a winter sport, like they're the most well-adjusted because the athletic department's already, you know, done fall, we're, we're ready, we're ready here to go. And each one has its own style and, um, you know, it's a spans two semesters. So, um, you know, if you don't have siblings, um, or if, I mean, I'm a middle child, so I can say that, but if you don't have siblings, you know, um, your, your life experience is different. We all have different experiences, um, and there's no value, but for me, I'm grateful that I've had siblings because I have a couple of friends that don't. So I think about that or, you know, um, you are, you're so right when you're naming the different things that we, it isn't material goods. It's the things like family fun night. Um, right. Forced family fun. <laughs> they even want to do that with your children. And, you know, there's, it's not a given that some parents want to do that. Which True. Is, you know, True. Or, or can do that. I, I don't know. Part of me still believes every parent wants to do that, but maybe they can't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, lots to think about, certainly this week, lots to be grateful for. I know this is a time of family traditions, um, you know, family recipes. I was thinking that too. Family drama. (laughs) Family drama, of course. Oh my gosh, I know. And then, you know what? My friends without siblings, they always say, you know what? There are some benefits to (laughs) (laughs) to not having siblings when I hear about some of your drama. Um, but the family recipe thing, I am always intrigued by the family recipe. So I think they're really important. And we, I'm making my grandmother's chocolate cake for Christmas. Oh, I, so I, I agree with you. We have more, um, we do have some traditional family Christmas recipes. I would say Thanksgiving is more where we've mixed together. You know, every recipe comes from some member in our family. Um, yeah. You know, I, it, when you get married, you have to really merge um, fam- yeah. holiday traditions. We've done that more with Christmas acquisitions. than any, <laughs> yep, than any other holidays. So um, it's, hmm. and, and actually a number of the things that we make consistently for every holiday are ones that Jamie and I started. Um, you know, they aren't necessarily things we had as children, but we've kind of created our own. So um, but but it's all fun, you know, and I I always think of, you know, either my mom when I'm making her sugar cookies and cursing her because the dough is so terrible and every year saying I'm, you know, going to find another sugar cookie recipe because I can't stand the dough um, to mm. understanding and, you know, making the, you know, blintzes that, that we have for Christmas morning. So 
all yeah. all very fun and meaningful. Um, but you know, there's yeah. even drama with the food. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yes. I know. Um, okay, so our last thing for takeaway: um, Matthew Kelly, dynamic Catholic, had a video, and he says, you know, the, about the most interesting people in the world. This is not Budweiser, the most interesting man in the world, but he. With the most interesting people in the world, he makes the claim that there are some people that are just more interesting than others. They live extraordinary lives. They do things, you know, and he says one of the things that's in common about them is that um, they read a lot. So you should always ask these people, what are you reading? And then that can just take you down a new path, right? So, for example, not that I'm the most interesting person in the world, that's not the point of this, but I'm reading Rafael Nadal's autobiography and I find it fascinating in particular, not even so much the tennis mentality, but the island of Mallorca, because that's where he's from. And it's generations have been there, and I'm just so interested in Mallorca. So if I was to meet somebody from Mallorca, I would just be like flipping backwards because I'd be like, ah. Anyways, the other question that Matthew Kelly says is now, because a lot of people don't read as much, which is true, um, what podcast are they listening to? So for our listeners, please give your friends and family, the gift of Faith Fondue, right? Our yes. podcast. Yes, what are you listening to? Faith Fondue, <laughs> great segue. Melting pot of topics, yes. Ignited by a flame, our faith. Yes, and guided by the Holy Spirit. Um, and yes. what a great takeaway for this week is may our thoughts and our prayers and our food and our drama <laughs> and our faith all be guided by the Holy Spirit. Yes. And our forced family fun. Yes, be guided by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Merry Christmas, Anne. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you do too. Safe travels. Thank you. We'll, we'll talk soon. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.